This episode of What's the Story podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, including yours truly and my immaculately groomed co-host, Graham Merrow Merrigan. Now, if you're in the market for some beautiful town halls, we have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code WTSPOD at checkout. And that's available worldwide. So if you're in Ireland, the UK, the US, Europe, Canada, Australia, doesn't matter. Use WTSPOD at checkout. You'll get that discount and that free shipping. Now, we've been banging on about Manscaped for a good while on this podcast. So I'm going to assume a lot of you out there are already using the good old Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents like nicks and tugs and scratches and all the things you get with lesser blades. I'm going to assume you're already benefiting from that advanced skin safe technology that Manscaped have. I'm also going to assume that your nasal hair and ear hair are completely under control. That they get regular trimmages thanks to the weed whacker. I'm going to make that assumption. What I'm here today to tell you about, lads, is Manscaped's brand new peak hygiene plan. It's a, it's just it's a cracking little package. That's what the ladies will say when you use the lawnmower, what? Anyway, it's a great little plan. <laughs> And it's a membership and it's a member's portal that allow you mix and match and tweak and pick and you can do all those things with all the different Manscaped products that you want and love. So rather you want some ball deodorant, rather you want some replacement blades, rather you want some foot deodorant, rather you want a bit of ball toner, rather you want an old crop mop, the old ball wipe. You can mix and match, you can pick whatever you want, you get a scent to you, straight to your door, hassle free, so that your town hall hygiene is always going to pass inspection. You want more though? You want more good news about it? I mean, they give you a free gift. Yeah, that's right. You're not just getting discount with air code. You're not just getting great balls. You're not just getting clean and fresh and looked after. You're also getting a free gift every time. Isn't that good, huh? So your replenishment pack always comes with something a little bit extra to put a smile on your face. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code WTSPOD at checkout. You get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code WTSPOD. Put Handsome on autopilot with the new Peak Hygiene Plan from Manscaped. Hello everybody and welcome to WTS 229, WTS 229, my name is Danny Murray. My name is Graham Merrigan, thank you. Alright, how are you doing Meryl? Yeah, good, not too bad, how are you? Yeah man, yeah, yeah, it feels like a long week this week. I feel like yeah. it's a week that's about 14 days long. Yeah, it's, you know what's mad though, it doesn't... January fucking snails along. February pisses by, and before you know it, it's March. Yeah, I know. And that yeah. happens every year. 
it's mad like that's it like Paddy's Day or come well not that you know it'll matter but I just look at Paddy's Day as a day off that's why I'm like oh Paddy's Day yeah yeah you know so uh, but yeah man yeah yeah no, I'm all good though I'm going a bit tired a bit like you know just want the week to be over I'm looking forward to a mid-afternoon nap at the weekend kind of thing oh, by the time this goes out I will have had at least two naps you know yeah deadly um but yeah, man, yeah. Uh just need to say a quick uh thank you. A lot of people got in touch with us after our episode at Luke O'Neill last week. Um so thanks me for that, lads, yeah, and thanks brilliant. to pe- people who sent in questions and all that. Luke was an absolute gentleman. Um and we're more than happy that we were able to in some way uh help people have a better understanding about vaccines. It's not often we get to do a public service on this podcast. So uh <laughs> we'll 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 take that. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of people reached out to say that was great, lads. Thanks to me, and I feel a lot better about this. And that's good, all things considered. Absolutely. That, I, I was blown away by them, by the messages that we got by that and the great feedback. So I was also delighted not to get any messages from, like, as in bad messages from anti-vaxxers mm. because my experience with them can be a bit relentless and I didn't want to have to do that. I probably would have ignored anyway, but still. Yeah, they're, they're a tough crowd. And I think anyone who seen the protests in uh, in Dublin there last week yeah I don't know between seeing those crowds in Dublin and in that uh, party down in Limerick down at the university in Limerick I'm just I'm scratching my head I'm kind of like I know everyone has fatigue I know everyone's kind of sick of lockdowns and sick of all that kind of stuff but I mean six more months six more months and you know there's light at the end of the tunnel lads I just keep saying to myself that like it's worth it because everyone will be around the table next Christmas. And that that's what I have my eye on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, look, yeah, that was that week. Uh, this week we're back to talking about things we're more comfortable with and that we have a little bit more knowledge about, albeit not that fucking much, quite frankly. Uh, we're, talking about, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about football. Uh, and the new season at the League of Ireland is kicking off uh, this week. So uh, we got in touch with a friend of the podcast, and a man who has no problem putting Mero in his place, which is always a great thing to have. So, Mero, what are we doing with the guest this week? We are going to be speaking to former FAI Cup winner and former League of Ireland winner, uh, league winner, um, Sporting Fingal, I always say Fingal, Sporting Fingal, Shelburne, St. Patrick's Athletic and current Glenavon uh, player in the Occupied Six League. We're talking to Conan Byrne. So now joining us, as I said, is League of Ireland legend uh, Conan Bourne. How are you, Conan? Do you like the, the legend part of that introduction? Oh, gee, I, was, I was just about to pull you up on that, like. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that could be associated with myself. Um, but Why I'll not? take it. You've won the league. Yeah, I know, but yeah, and I'll take it, like, no problem. But um, yeah, it's, it's nice. I never thought I'd be called the League of Ireland legend when I started off all those yeah. years ago, you know. So to for people to, to say it, it's, it's really nice, but yeah, I'm kind of a bit, still feel a bit cringy and when people do say it, though, you know. Um, <laughs> Too modest. <laughs> I don't know, but no, I'll take it, though. Take it. Yeah. Well, you won the league, so. Yeah, I won the league. Um, he's 2013, yeah, but I'll probably... Peated in Europe loads of times. Yeah, I think the big success, though, was the cup, though, wasn't it, with, uh, with Pats giving the 53 years yeah. and all that. I think that was, the, that was the big one. I think that's what... I suppose that whole group of players will be remembered by, you know, was winning that that title. But um, yeah, it's nice. As I said, it's it's nice to have uh, to have been successful because as I've said numerous times, I was a I was an average player growing up, you know, I was 
um, pl- played and no disrespect, I played in the North Dublin Schoolboy League. I started off in the D League um, at eight and nines, and then my dad took over the team and done wonders for me and brought us to the A League and played there up until sixteen. And so it was never like I never played international football at underage, nowhere near it, like never even trial, nothing. So yeah, for that then to just you can just imagine how jo- uh, how happy I was to even play a League of Ireland game, never mind have the career that I had. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm chuffed with, with anything that's thrown at me. <laughs> so what what age were you when you when you taught um, uh, or when uh, when you realised right, I'm going to be a League of Ireland player? Was that quite late on? Because as you said there, you weren't a player that got trials. Uh, like a lot of the League of Ireland players that went to England on trial or, and, or else came back, it didn't work out, or even un, underage international caps. So you were quite under the radar. So, yeah. Like, when did you realise, right, I'm going to be a League of Ireland player? Was it ever, did, did you ever want to be? Yeah, I always wanted to be a footballer. I think, I, I, like, I, I went around my, my estate with a ball at my feet no matter where I went. I went to school, brought the football with me, hit it in the bush, and then when I was going home, I took it out of the bush and brought it home with me. I was that type of kid that just had the football everywhere. But yeah. whatever it was, I just didn't. Um, I just wanted to play with my mates as a kid, you know. I never really was, never had that drive to go and play for Belvedere or. Cherry Orchard or whoever, even though they did come calling, but I just never went. Um, and yeah, so I was pretty much under the radar. I did go and try out to Millwall when I was 15, 16, that didn't work out. And um, then I kind of gave up football then um, at around 17, 18. I went to play for River Valley, my local team. I absolutely loved it. And that's where I really started playing really, really well. I went out on the right side of midfield out there. But at the same time, I was in UCD. And I just started in UCD and my dad came home one day with a scholarship for him and said, why don't, you tr- why don't you apply for a scholarship? You're there anyway. Why don't you just try and get some, uh, get the scholarship? It would be great for your CV. That's, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking about football. I was thinking about the CV of having a scholarship and went for it and got it. And then like within four months of that, then I was playing, played me, played me first, first game against Longford Town in, in the old Belfield Park. And uh, the next game was a League Cup final. So I was thrown into that's it. Deadly. Yeah thrown into it and so yeah like I started the because that was so I was so late to the to League of Ireland that I never thought I like I'd followed shells back when I was a kid back when like 8, 9, 10, 11 then League of Ireland I didn't really follow the League of Ireland in my teens at all so then when I was playing against players that everybody would say that they're unbelievable like looks like Kevin Hunt Joey and Doe I was like who? Really? <laughs> you know? Whereas now I'm like raging that I didn't have that uh, that I didn't know Passion. from then to be able to yeah exactly absolutely yeah. so yeah I was very late to it very late I'm very much on the right that's why I say to anywhere anybody I talk to now it doesn't matter what level you're at if you're good enough people will see you like yeah would you, would you have played like the Candy Cup or any of them or yeah yeah I did play the Candy we finished toured for the for the NDSL um, finished toured Cork Betis Jeez, I, I remember that we um, Cork Betis and then the DDSL back Cork in the final but yeah, I did play um, representative for yeah. the for the NDSL, yeah. Um, but again, I was in and out of that team. I wasn't. I was never. I was never a standout player anywhere I went, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just the way it goes, doesn't it? Like I just always, I never gave up. I think, and even even on the pitch, I think that was a trait of mine that I always worked hard and never never gave in. I was forced out into the training pitch. I was last in. Um, I was that type of player. Like all all those cliches. That's me, like the cliche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it like at um, Spartan Fingal? 
Sporting thing that was brilliant, Graham, was um, it was just, it, and I think at the time I was with UCD and then Liam approached me to go and play in the A Championship. And if UCD at the time were a Premier Division club, so I was dropping down two, two leagues to a league that I wouldn't have been heard of. Um, and that was the, the I, was, I was taking that, uh, I suppose, that jump because I was playing for my local team and I saw the ambitious plans that were put forward and the new stadium, the community aspect to it. The extra job helped, of course, that I was offered as well. Um, and yeah, it was just, and from day one, I absolutely loved it. I really did. I never saw it um, ending the way it did, just with with all the, the, the people that were a part of it, the stakeholders, um, the business businessmen that were involved in the club as well. Um, I never saw it coming to an end. And uh, when it did, Jesus, it, 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 I'll be honest, it really, really hit me hard. Like, and it's, I suffered on the pitch because of it. Like, um, really? for, about a year a- for about a year afterwards, yeah, I wasn't the same player. Definitely wasn't the same player. And um, yeah, I was, thankfully, Shelburne and Alan Matthews, like, looked after me. And um, I did, we, we did get Shelburne promoted that, that season. And, um, but yeah, it did, it did hurt really, really badly. And like, even I was saying, like, at the time, like the FAI Cup medal that we won, I think I was like, it doesn't mean anything. Club's gone now. Yeah. But now looking back and I'm like, look, it's, it was a great thing. People are still talking about the club and um and even now the 10 year anniversary of that of that uh, I think it was of the cup win. No, it wasn't. It was of the European um campaign mm-hmm. um and its demise. It was just I can't believe it's 10 years ago. Sporting Fingal had some proper, like like you were saying, Renegade, I mean, like League of Ireland legends that, that trotted out with them as well, though, didn't they? Like, yeah, you, absolutely. Like Glenn Crow. Like, like, yeah, Glenn Zoyed was another one, wasn't he? Yeah, Glenn Crow, Eamon Zoyed, who went on to do unbelievable things. And even Super at the time, Ronan he was a... Finn. Sorry? Super Ronan Finn. Ronan Finn, yeah. Greg Bulger was there as well. Greg was only signed in the January, and then we, we, we went in the February, so we didn't really get much game time, Greg. Sean uh, Sean Williams went on to win a couple of caps for Ireland. He was probably the best player that I ever played, but he was outstanding. Um, and then we had like Stephen Paisley, Sean Marr, Colin Hawkins. Like we had, we had brilliant players, really, really brilliant players. And they brought me on as well because I was only a young fella. And um, yeah, they, they were, it was just a, a pleasure to play with. I remember being in the dressing room and, and looking around at the, at, the, at the time, the likes of Glenn Crow and Gary O'Neill, Eamon Zoyed. And, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was an awe. Mad that way, um, when Eamon Zaid went to Iran and he came off the bench and scored a hat-trick in front of, <laughs> front of a te- 100,000 people. That was mental. It was per- mental, wasn't per- it? Perspolis, per- wasn't it? Or something yeah, yeah. Months, but, but he, uh, yeah, coming off the bench against your local rivals and 2-0 down, man down. And scoring three goals to, to win the like even, like even on his Twitter page like every now and then he retweets some Arabic that somebody has sent him and it's obviously it's from the that game so people are yeah. still talking about it like <laughs> a decade later it's just it's brilliant it really is I always admired Eamon as a player and when he came to Rovers I was like oh jeez we have a prolific goal scorer here so I was absolutely raging it didn't work out when he came to Rovers. There was a couple of, of of players that came to Rovers in that era where I'm good at it didn't work out. Like Mark Quigley, it didn't really work out. Eamon Zayed. Killian, what, how many times was he with Rovers? Like, I know. You know I, heard he was, was, yeah. I heard he was voted one of the worst players ever to play for the club. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, 
the player, the fans hated his attitude. Like, yeah. And he was prolific before he came to Rovers in, in that Pats team. Yeah. But Killian was... And, and I'd, me, I'd, I'd more remember Killian playing before playing for Rovers before he came to Pats. And he, yeah. signed, he signed for Pats the same day I did. So he took all the... The, the, the shine off my signing and I'm I was raging about raging for him for that but <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I remember at the time going that's a big gamble because he was really he, he was really struggled in that Rovers team and um but then he ended up getting player of the year because I think Liam had a way of of handling Killian um, yeah. and Killian is the type of player that he play he'd go over to one side of the pitch and he'd speak to Bermo on the left side position he goes Conan over there, he's having the worst game ever. He is crap. He has to be taken off. Then he'd come over to me a couple of minutes later. Berma, he's having the worst game of his life over in that wing. He just had, and you just had to, to handle him. You just really had that way of being able to handle players, and, and he had to do that with Killian. And then Killian just shone on the pitch then. It was, was this Killian Holmes, was it? Killian Brennan. Killian Brennan. Brennan, sorry, Brennan. This yeah, is where my lack of knowledge of Liam completely shouts. Liam did have that though, didn't he? He had a good um, rapport with players and and got the best out of them. Uh, I always love actually the joke um, Ajo pulled on Liam Buckley when he was on the bench. He had a joke with or someone better him on the bench to 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 get, take the tracksuit off and start doing your stretches beside Liam, and he did it. And Liam was like, "What are you doing, Padge?" He's like, you called me to come on. He's like, no, we didn't. And he's like, you told me to come on. I'm coming on. I never went on. <laughs> uh, Liam, like, I think everyone knows that I have, um, I have an incredibly soft, soft spot for Liam. He, he, uh, I think a lot of players do, though, don't they, Colin? Yeah, I think so, Graham. But then a lot of people don't as well. A lot of people would say that Liam wasn't a great man manager, but, but they're the they're the players that didn't play him. Or that that Liam didn't play, and obviously you're going to get that everywhere. You know, every, you're not going to make everybody happy. And um, but Liam, he he. Uh, I remember when when I signed, he 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 went, and you hear this about managers nowadays, where they go, where they bring you up, and they won't even talk to you about football for the first five ten minutes of the of of trying to sign you. Liam did that for me back in 2007 when I signed for for Fingal. He never once spoke to me about football. He goes, "Can't I be honest with you? I've never seen you play." He said, "I'm only getting into into management myself." So. I, I haven't looked at you with with a with a critical eye. I'll never forget it. That's the way he said it. I've never seen you with a critical eye. So um, I'm going on what people have said about you, and I sign players for personality. So I want to get to know you. <clears throat> and from then on, I was like, well, fair play. Um, and we've kept in touch. Like I've he left Pats in 2018, um, and we've kept in touch. I was only speaking to him two days ago. You know, so um, yeah, I, that's and I really like that the the, the way that we can that. Even though, like I always say, um, like I could count on one hand the players that I've kept in contact with since leaving any club, do you know. Um, yeah. But Liam will be top of top of the people that I that I do keep in contact with. It's mad because he offered Pajo to stay uh, an extra year despite not playing much of much of them, um, and just because he wanted him around the dressing room. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. Liam loved that. Liam loved people good in the dressing room. Um, and Pajo would have been perfect, wouldn't he? <laughs> and I never got to play. I never got to play with Pajo, um, which is a, and it is a big shame because I've heard so many stories, so, so so many good stories about him. And um, I got to work with him at the PFEI camp a couple of years ago. And even that short yeah. spell, a couple of training sessions, I was like, Geez, I would have loved to have been in a dressing room with this fella. 
But um, yeah, he's a bit of a nut job. Yeah, never got the opportunity. <laughs> Hope he Mary, watch you know the way. <laughs> nah, fuck him. Um, <laughs> you, you know, um, Spartan Fingal. Okay, so I do you think part of that didn't work? Is Danny gone? No, oh, still here. Oh, do you think a part of that didn't work? Um, because we, there's a saturation of Dublin teams, and the reason I ask you that is because recently we had another Dublin County kind of yeah. team looking for a license into the first division. So, like, I'm very much the type that would say the more the merrier. In in, in in this year, but if Bowser were to get a second team, Dundalk to get a second team, Pass to get a second team, we'd be like, of course, the more games, the merrier for that division. Like, do you think more Dublin clubs? It's a saturation, and is that what part of the reason why uh, Spawns and Gal didn't work? Bingo. I don't. It's a good question, Merrill, and I I don't think so. Um, and the reason why I say it is because Fingal is had a popu- had a population ten ten years ago. I don't know what it is now. It was of over a quarter of a million people. With no League of Ireland club attached to that area, um, the attendances at the start obviously weren't great. But looking back on it now, there was I think in our first game there was twelve hundred, um, and then from then on I think it started I think five hundred, six hundred people were at every home game, which isn't bad for a new for a new team in League of Ireland football terms. By the time we got to the Premier Division, we were at a thousand per week, um, and that wasn't that that's. For three years in existence, I think any League of Ireland club nearly would take that. Um, mm. Like take Treaty Treaty United, for instance. Huge Limerick is a huge soccer county and city. I think they'd be absolutely chuffed with a thousand people at going to their games in three years' time. Um, so I don't think it was in terms of a saturation. Um, the real downfall was Nama. Um, that was the oh, yeah. main downfall. It hit us. It hit the club really, really quickly. Jerry Gannon. Um, unfortunately, had to withdraw his funds, which were huge. Look, no, no denying that he was putting in an awful, awful amount, awful amount of money. Um, but I think because of that, then it was very, very difficult to find an investor to come in at such short notice. I think, and the club have, uh, and John O'Brien, the club secretary at the time, and Liam, even went as far as Malta to try and get an investor in last minute. I think if they had had another two or three weeks, I think the club would have been saved. Um, and if they had been saved I think you'd be talking about Sporting Fingal now as like I'd have no doubt saying that they're one of the most dominant forces in the country and it's just because of the amount of of uh, financial backing that they had the amount of the players that they had signed um, going into that season in 2011 um, like 2010 was our first season in the Premier Division and we were five points off Rovers and yeah Rovers obviously Table never lies, they deserve to win. But we threw it away in the summer. We played in Europe against Maritimo and Liam dropped the ten out of ten of first ten first team players to try and win that game against Maritimo. And um ultimately then that cost us. We got beaten by Drahada, who were bottom of the league, three one at home. Um and then we had a bit of poor run of results after that European um adventure, sure, so to speak. So um I think we would have gone very very close if we hadn't have had those European games. Um, and then we were, and then as I said, we signed some very, very good players going into that 20, 2011 season. And yeah, I, I just, I think um, I'd be more like yourself, Graham. I think the more the merrier. Um, but there needs to be a solid foundation 
and solid backing before um, clubs start to, tr- to enter their, the League of Ireland, in, in my opinion, at the moment. You know? So what do you think about the Rovers 2 team that's not allowed to be in the league this season? Have yeah, them being be, granted a licence, yeah. but just not an invitation to play? Yeah, I, I, I feel that they're hard done by in, in certain ways. Um, obviously, with the players now that they had kept for that Shamrock Rovers, for, this, for, the, uh, for this, the second team. I don't like calling it the second team, though. Um, yeah. You know what I mean. But um, Shamrock Rovers 2, yeah. Yeah, Shamrock Rovers 2. But, like, I feel sorry for the players more so than anything else because they could have went out on loan to other player, other clubs um, and got valuable first-team experience there, be it a Premier Division or First Division. And um, now that... that I don't know. That, that opportunity for them is gone now because clubs have already brought in players for those positions. So they've left um, that in limbo. But at the same time now, I think it's brilliant for the, for the league that Treaty are in it. Um, yeah. I think having soccer back in Limerick was absolutely vital. Um, and Treaty why not have to two well. them in it though? Yeah, uh, there's no reason why we couldn't have had 12 possibly yet. Um, and have another second, um, a Bowes two or because I'm sure Pat's two. Because um, there's certainly enough players for that to happen. Um, That's what I mean because currently there's nowhere to go for those players. Like in terms of you know, and I've and I know how you spoke about it previously with yourself and Con on the podcast about um, there's a huge gap between the under 19s league and the first team. So I mean, if there, without without an option of a reserve league as such, uh, and and the FEI denying uh, players kind of pathway to development in terms of allowing Rovers too and any other team that wants a second team in the first division do you know what what else is there there is no option because like you said you feel sorry for the players that could have went out on loan let's not forget the decision is made two weeks before the transfer window is closed there's not yeah. enough time to do business not enough time to sign players not enough time to let players go out on loan why isn't the, the licensing process done like in November December for the follow for the next season, clubs don't have clubs aren't don't have those facilities to have it ready in time. Would be the would be my answer to that. I think yeah, I I have said it number numerous amount of times, um, that I think there is a bit of a gap between under nineteen football, excuse me, and senior football. Um, I can remember playing under twenty ones, and even that, you were allowed to play three first team players in your under twenty ones that were coming back from injury, and coming up against Desi Bourne, I'll, I'll always recall it. Um, him left back coming back from injury that, that 90 minutes was probably one of the hardest 90 minutes I've ever had um, but it taught me so much and coming up against an experienced pro like that um, even now look I'm talking to you about it now so obviously it still hasn't left my mind yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the gap is is particularly big in terms of quality um, there is some players that are capable of going from 19s football straight to first team but the majority aren't. They need exactly. another another two another year or two to develop um, physically, but more importantly mentally. Because if they go up into first team game and meant the mental side of the game there was absolutely huge. And if they go up and have a poor couple of games, not played for the for, for the next couple of weeks, their heads are gone. And mm. I think that's that, that, that that's a major issue that we need to address. And I don't know how we're going to do that. Whether we bring back in a 21 league, 
Um, do we change it up a little bit? But I just think the gap is is too much between 19s and senior football in this country. And yeah, it would have been nice for the likes of Shamrock Rovers to to bed those young players into into the league. We saw the likes of Kevin Zeffi who who came in last season, who done extremely well. Um, got his move to Inter Milan. I think that's no, he hasn't. Now, hasn't, it? hasn't gone. No, 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 he's still with us. He's, he's with us until July. July. Um, but yeah, the, the talent is there, and like a 15, 15, 16 years of age, fourteen at some some people, you know, um, it's it's frightening what how young players can can achieve big things now at such a young age, you know. And um, yeah, just disappointing maybe that um, the players couldn't have been maybe, or the club might have been told out a little little earlier than two weeks, as you said. We'll be right back to our guest, but first we got to take a quick word from our good friends at Manscaped. We've got good news. They've just launched their peak hygiene plan. Now, this is a little membership portal, lads. And allows you to mix and match all your favorite manscaped products and i'm telling you you want to get in on this because it's going to give you the most hygienic testes in town your town halls are going to be superb with this package all right so what it allows you to do is to tweak and select all the products that you want they get shipped to your door directly hassle free you can build a combo any way you want so you can get little bit of ball deodorant a little bit of foot spray some ball wipes it allows you do all of that and your membership price will stay the same you even get a free gift sent to you every month this month the free gift is foot dust or foot deodorant massively important not more than coming home from a long day cracking off the air jordan the smell rises up hits you in the face your eyes start to water the paint starts to peel your neighbor has to open a window the dog has ran away from you your missus is shouting at you what is wrong with you did something die in your shoe None of that will happen when you use this stuff, right? And you get it for free when you subscribe this month. Peak hygiene plan from Manscaped. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use the code WTSPOD. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. Now, back to our guest. Do you think, lads, and I'll ask both of this one, do you think overall things are taking a turn for the, the better, I suppose, in terms of like, and again, I... I'm I'm completely casual other than, you know, when it comes to Bowles. Obviously, I, I love Bowles, diehard Bowles fan and all that kind of thing. But the league in general, obviously, Graham, were you smiling at that? Graham, were you smiling at that, Graham? Please, I'll ask you that question first. Uh, Bowles to die and all that. But, um, look, John, 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 Jonathan Hill has been coming out and kind of talking a big game. Uh, kind of sponsors back on board with this season with SC Artricity. They're doing the Women's League as well. A lot of talk going on around that. Is there... Like, is there is there signs that things are taking a good turn, or is stuff like this going to be at the forefront of most of the fans' minds as well? Oh, well, I take that one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm asking about you, but yeah, don't worry about yeah. yourselves there, lads. You know. No, I like I think I I'll be honest with you now, and and you might say, uh, the podcast was an FAI podcast, and you're just saying for the sake, but I think the FAI. Have been have come in for an awful lot of criticism over the last number of years. Yes, they could have done a lot, an awful lot of stuff better, and I'm sure they would have been, they would have if they had a different CEO in charge. Um, but since Jonathan has come in, um, and before him, even with the likes of Niall, Niall 
and what what the previous board did um, during that time. I think that with the watch, LOI was really, really popular. Um, bringing the Women's National League forward as well was absolutely critical. Um, and it was absolutely fantastic move. Um, so I think I think we have to give the FEI a little bit of time to change. And Transition. It's easy for, yeah, I think so. I think it's easy... It, it's easy for us to point the finger, isn't it? I've, I've, and I've always said, if you go back over over the years of what I said, I've always said clubs should be doing more. And some of them are doing absolutely fantastic work. And your club there, Bows, Danny, are doing great, great work. Um, like they announced today about their mem- another 200 new members bringing the club over to 1,000 members. That's that's frightening, do you know, in this, especially during these these times. And credit has, to go, credit has to go to them for the amount of work that they put in. Um and there's other clubs that are doing similar work in the community. And I think getting into the community, into the heart of the communities is, is, is vital. And it's not all just about, I remember being a, a Fingal and I was marketing executive and then I went into the community development manager. And it was, I was try, like, I was only 23, 24. And I was telling the board who are like businessmen, I was like, yeah. it's not just about getting bums on seats. It's not just about that. It's about getting into the heart of the communities and telling people who Sporting Fingal are. You can't just expect people just to come in because there's a football club playing up the road, League of Ireland football. They'll never... So what? There's a League yeah, of Ireland yeah. club 10 minutes in the road. They can do that too. It's about doing things for the community. And I think clubs can do that an awful lot more than they are. Like, I know, like, the likes of, I'll say, Bowes, Cork are doing a lot of work. Pats with the food yeah. bank that they they did during the pandemic was was massive, and I know other clubs are doing doing a lot as well. Um, but I really do think that the clubs should be doing more and using their players. Like, there's a lot of talk of, of the FEI don't promote League of Ireland players. Clubs don't promote their players enough either. You know, yeah. they don't go into the in in and you never like send them off. Like I think all I was told to right. In, in in their in the players' contracts, they had eight hours of community service to do over the course of their contracts. So eight hours mightn't be much, but multiply t- uh, twenty four players by eight hours, you're getting a lot of player time there. So I was yeah. using them for schools, trophy presentations, um, like marketing events, heading to the pavilions and swords to do to do silly things. But it's just showing in a um. Showing people what Sporting Fingal is all about, and yeah. clubs should be doing that too. Merno, as a, as a fan, what, what what's your take on it? Are you optimistic at all, or like like even Colin said there about the whole you know the streaming services back? That as a fan, you must be happy with that given the situation at least. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Given the situation we're in, I'm delighted that I'm, I have access to watch um, the games when I want. Um, like the, the app probably or there is no app it's a website so if they had an app and you could cast it you know those little things cosmetic things I'd only complain about but um, no I'm delighted with it now, just in relation to you bringing up Jonathan and saying look we have to give them a time of transition I was disappointed this week um, to see that we're we're bidding for a World Cup bid in 2030 um, like uh, in, in, in terms of the bid itself, I think it's ridiculous just given the competition. Um, like the FIFA, FIFA love, FIFA love a, a romantic story, and it's a hundred years since Uruguay um, hosted the first World Cup, and they're going for it again with the hundred years. Uh, 
you know, as the backdrop of their story. And I just don't think it's a worthwhile exercise. And the reason I bring that up is because I, I travel home and away for overs matches. And sometimes in away grounds, I can't even use it. I can't go to the toilet because there's no wheelchair toilets. And it's kind of like, is this the FEI putting the money into a, a bid for hosting it or is this the government? Either or, I mean, give give help the clubs and um, work with the clubs to get uh, grounds more accessible. Like, I'm I'm going mad Cork were relegated this year because their wheelchair accessibility is amazing for away supporters. I mean, it, it's one of the best grounds in the country. Pats, um, unfortunately, Pats didn't get relegated, but um, they're, they're a great... Away, they're they're great away ground as well for wheelchair accessibility. But in terms of the, that, was I just wanted to guess in terms of Jonathan Hill and the FEI. I hope it's a good transition. I hope it does work out. I hope yeah. we do. I hope we do see less yes men. But I just I was very unsettled about the, the announcement. That wasn't a new announcement. We knew that from about 2018 that they were going to launch a bid with with the UK. I was going to say that that. And not to evoke uh, memories or, or anything like that, or uh, you know, gimmick infringement on Mark Hoig and the lads. But is is there a hint of the champagne football when really and truthfully there's a Dutch goal budget on the go with that? Yeah, I think like Jonathan Hill didn't have those decisions to make um, about the twenty thirty bid, so he's only just come in, in the last couple of months. So I'd be interested to hear how he feels about this bid. You know, I know Jack Chambers is putting a lot of things out there um, from the government side of things. But yeah, until I until I hear from Jonathan um, and see what he has to say about it, um, yeah, there's not too much comment that I, that we can make about it really from the FOI's mm. perspective, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking to the to the new season, Colin. Um, what I've observed and what I think is a good thing is that a lot of clubs seem to be signing players on loan from English academies or. The players that aren't getting in on the first team. We've seen a, the Liverpool uh, four-choice keeper come to Pats. We've seen Joe Hodge from Man City in Ireland underage going to Derry City. We've seen uh, Harry Halix go to Cabinteely from Derby. There's quite a few, isn't there? And then well, Waterford have signed a good few as well. They have. Um, and I'd be... Yeah, you're, you're optimistic. I, I'd nearly be, go the other way. Um, okay. Like, yeah, just remember Cork last year, they signed about six or seven players from, from the English academies and they had absolute stinkers to a lot of them. Um, and really they, they, Yeah, and really struggled. And for the last number of years, clubs that have brought player, clubs that have brought in players from the English academies, it's as if they come, I don't know, and I'm probably wrong, it's as if they come over thinking that it's going to be just a, a cushy number, I'm going to play every week, go back to my club and then happy days. But you and I, Bob, we all know, League of Ireland doesn't work that way. It's, yeah. You can be found out very, very easily, um, and it's just it's it's like I prefer clubs signing um, players from first team squads overseas that have a point to prove, um, that are like right, I want to get my career back on track here, or go one better, like the Shamrock Rovers, like the Dundalk, they're going to be playing European football every single season. I want a bit of that. Um, I'm playing maybe mid-table with a Serbian league or a, in the Bosnian league or whatever, but I want to play European football every week or every year, so I'm going to go over to Ireland and play play over there. And I think Dundalk, they're going to be... A, a, no one can call what Dundalk are going to be like this year with the signings that they've made. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be Are they going to be good enough? Um, their scouting system 
like it's going to be it's either going to go that way or that way up or down um and yeah i just don't know what, what way to take it so going back to your your initial statement about the english academy players i'd love more players to come over here and say look i need to do well over in ireland for me to prosper and back in the uk and i don't think enough of them have done that yeah who who do you, who in terms of the new season ahead? Then who do you do you see it's going to the one and two Rovers and Dundalk, or do you see? I know Bowes finished second last season, but yeah. do you see Bowes lost quite a few good players as well? Yeah. Um, and Key Long does have a good record of rebuilding. Um, but how how do you see the league going this season? Like, do you see it? a foregone conclusion that, that Rovers are going to win it. Like, we lost Aaron McInnes yeah. and Jack Bourne, you know, and, and Reese Marshall, who was a great player as well. Yeah, I I don't know. It's the first time in a long time, Merrill, that I'm I'm struggling to see who's going to walk the league. Okay, every year mm. there's going to be somebody that says, right, somebody's just going to just take over here and and and, and run away with it. Um, And it's the first time I've been able, I've been saying, oh, I don't know. Jack Bourne has been immense for Shamrock Rovers and for the league over the last number of years. His loss is going to be absolutely huge. And they're saying that Danny Mandroy was going to be the, his, his replacement. I'm being totally honest, I don't even think he could replace Aaron McAniff. Um, so I, 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 think, and I think it's going to, the Shamrock Rovers, that midfield, are going to really, really struggle. Um, if Stephen Bradley, and he is well capable of doing it, he did it with Jack, if he can get Danny's attitude right, I think that Shamrock Rovers will win the league. But it all comes down and, to that. Yeah. I was going to say, and with Richie Tell to come in in July. And Richie, Richie to come in as well. And Richie's going to come back here and he's not going to be like, as I said, those academy players that are coming over here and just think that it's going to be an easy ride. He knows what it takes. He's going to want to come back here and do better than he did the last time to prove that it wasn't just a once-off. Um and he's going to come back here at all guns blazing. He's planning his move now. He won't be planning it a week, two weeks before he comes home. He's he's thinking ahead. He's planning on that on on coming home to, to Shamrock Rovers and be fighting fit as from as soon as he uh, he pulls on the jersey. So he'll be a huge signing as well. Um, I still don't think that that either of them are on the same level as Jack and Aaron. Um, but. Richie's form in this league has been nothing short of remarkable. And if he comes even close to that with Shamrock Rovers, they have signed us. Um, they have done really, really well with that signing. I'm very, very interested in how Bowes will get on. Um, they lost their, their main man, Andre Wright. Um, he, he was fantastic last year. Um, Danny Grant gone as well. Danny Grant was their was their main huge loss there. yeah mm. a huge loss I spoke about him so many times I think he's been absolutely superb ever since he, he got his first game at the club again the Lancer Senior Cup game against Cabin Teeley back in I think it was 2017 I remember being at that game I went to Liam actually as Pat's manager and I said do you want to sign the player that's going to replace me that's what I said <laughs> to him the next day of training and uh, obviously he didn't um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's how just in that game I knew that he was going to be a star just to, his movement his pace his directness he was just uh, just so so good 
Um, but yeah, they're they're going to be a huge loss, and it's going to be interesting to see how how they adapt. But as you said, he's done very very well so far with rebuilding his squads um, over the last number of years, and holding on to some key players as well has been a has been great for them. Um, what about Jordan Longford coming up, Conan? Do you think yeah. they'll survive, or will they? Because they both of them have strengthened. Yeah, I think Trahad have strengthened more so. Um, yeah, like they have. The of, yeah, I think the signing of Dinny Corkin has been has been really, really good. Ronan Murray as well has gone, and we all know his his what he is capable of. May, might not have shown it as much as he he may have wanted himself, but he is a fantastic player, fantastic finisher, and he'll create a lot of a lot of chances. Um, then the, the, at the back they're strong. The likes of Huey Douglas. Um, he, I think he he him personally would would like another crack at Premier Division football. Um, signing Dane Massey from Dundalk has been has been huge for experience in the dressing room, um, and also Deegan as well going in, um, bringing that bit of leadership and experience um, to the team. Now, I, I I do think he needs to kind of calm down a little bit. Um, on his kind of, you might see his role as a senior pro in the dressing room. Um, and I don't think it worked out as well as it should have at Shelburne. I think it kind of all crumbled in the end in terms of how he, how he dealt with things. So I'm sure he learned from that. And I'm sure that he's going in there under the, under the direction of um, Tim and Kev. And uh, he could be a great signing for Drada if, uh, if he handles, it, handles the, the dressing room well. Speaking of shells, Conan, I was absolutely mystified at how they got relegated last season. And I just based that on their performance before the break, the kind of, uh, the, the, I suppose, the lockdown. Um, I thought, now you were with them the year before, but I thought Ian Morris had assembled a great, great squad of players on paper. And to this day, I don't know, I don't know why they didn't jail or, because they, they shouldn't have went down. They couldn't score goals. Um, yeah, I think that was their main problem. They could kill Duff and it's crazy. Yeah, they they had they had Killer and um, they had Killer and they had JSK Cavia. Uh, um, they had Aaron Dobbs, but you see, with with t- take Killer out of it, I think their 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 attacking players probably only had maybe twenty senior goals between them. So you're relying on kill, um, killed off for all the, for all the goals, um, and it didn't work out. You know, Killer will probably admit himself he probably didn't have his best season. Like a lot of the players that that, that were there at Shelburne, they had n- zero, and I mean zero creativity. And um, like seeing though seeing the games, I think they scored half more than half their goals came from set pieces. Ryan Brennan was their top scorer, and he scored all the goals from set pieces. And he's, um, I think they they really really struggled. And then their form in the last six or seven games just absolutely dipped completely. You know, and it was, Yeah, it was really really bad, and they were just they were never getting out of it because their form was so bad. You know, and um, it was just just and uh, it was it's it's hard because like it's mad. I went to shells back in twenty. 11 promoted and then they got relegated went back to them then in 2019 promoted and the next year they got relegated again so I was expecting a call this season to get them back up again 
<laughs> never came though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think with the squad that they have this season now, it's stronger than what it was last year in the Premier Division. And if they don't go up, it, it, it's it's absolutely shocking. I'll be honest. If they don't go up, it'll be uh, so. So so you 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 would think if the 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 signings that Rovers had, if they gel, you see Rovers winning the league. Who who would you see? will potentially be relegated from the Premier? Um, I don't think Longford have strengthened as well as maybe what they should have. Um, they've relied on their players that have come up, and I love that. I absolutely love that. They rewarded the players that got them promoted. Having said that, they finished fifth, I think, in the first division. Fourth or fifth in the first division. Um and they got promoted out of, and fair play to them, they got promoted out of that. But they haven't really signed as well as I would have liked them to sign. Um, and some of their players have may struggle to adapt to Premier Division football. They've never played it before. I'd love to see how young A. Dervin gets on. Um, he was their standout player last year. He was their standout player in the playoffs. Um, he's only 21, 22 years of age. He's going to do really, really well. Going to do great things, I think. And if he adapts to Premier Division football, um, look, I think they will. I think they'll struggle. I really do. I think they'll struggle long for it. So, so Shells to win the first division then? Yeah, I think so. I think Shells will win the first division. I think again, if they don't, there's, there's serious questions need to be need to be asked of the players that are there, um, because they're they're signing Premier Division footballers, the likes of Brendan Clark, yeah. Michael O'Connor, JJ Lunny, Michael Barker, Luke Bourne. I could go on. They're Premier Division footballers. They shouldn't be in the first Exactly. Game. Exactly. So, it's crazy. Yeah. So if they don't get out of there. Now, obviously, Galway have gone full-time now under John Caulfield. So they're full-time football, training every day with each other. They should be very, very close to Shells. Shells aren't full-time. Yeah. You know, Galway are. Um, they were the so, lucky last year at Galway, weren't they? With the last run of seven or eight games, it was a great run. It was an unbelievable yeah. run that they went on. I was really, I was raging that now because you kind of love the underdog, don't you? And I was speaking to John at, at the bit. I was doing commentary for, for the for uh, in that game, and they just didn't show up against against Longford. They just did not show up, and it was uh, really, really disappointing because they were the, they were there. Longford were there for the taking that night, and um, yeah, Galway just just didn't turn up, but. That's what I mean. They, John's passion for the game and his his like bringing in Lisa Fallon was such a shrewd move. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they work together. And I think that's uh, as I said, going full time, working with John every day, they'll get the best out of those players, and they will run Shelburne close. But Shelburne should have too much. Whereas if you're if you're putting a, a, a charity bet on this, Mero, who are you going to win the league, to get relegated, and to get promoted? Yeah, Rovers win the league. Um, I can't argue with um Conan's description of Longford as well. Um, but you also have Finn Harps, so I think relegated be probably between Finn Harps and Longford, and I think Shell should win the league as at the first division as well. But I wouldn't be surprised if Galway. I wouldn't be surprised if Galway shocked. Yeah, no, I think Just as I said, John yeah, and the fact that they're full time, you know, the fact that they're full time, they're yeah. going to be have that rest in between games and everything. Um, now, having said that, first division teams don't play twice a week, 
you know, they only play the one day a week, so they will have their rest. I wasn't aware that they went full time. That's that's a huge advantage. Yeah, that's why some of their players had left. Like to Mark Ludden, he's gone to Treaty now because Galway have gone full time. <clears> um, so yeah, it's a huge advantage to them, absolutely. But as I said, I still think though that with Shells, um, lead, like there's so many leaders even in that team and goal scorers, creative players. They shouldn't have a problem, like, but they haven't started. Look, Shells haven't started. They're trying to play a three-five-two formation, and draw a bash them three 0 there last week, and they didn't. They struggled in their first game too. So, um, yeah, remains to be seen how it goes. But on paper, Shells should win it. Lovely, Colin. You're very good. Um, I just wanted to ask you're you're a teacher as well in in your other life. How, how's that been affecting you in terms of lockdown and COVID? Have you have you returned to school? Um, no, I haven't. I'm a third class teacher. Um, so I'm not back for another, until Monday week. So, okay. yeah. So I'm um, still doing remote learning. I do Google Classroom. I do recorded lessons. And I have two young girls as well. So I'm teaching them at the same time. So um, that could, it's it, it's been challenging. But look, it's been great to spend the time with, with, with the girls at home, you know, because with being a teacher and a footballer, you can imagine how much free time you have. Mm. And you got that guilt can kind of sit with you at times, especially when you're on those long journeys up the M1, saying, could you just be, could you just sack it up, pack it all in and just be a father, you know? Um, so it's been really, really nice to be able just to be in the house with them 24-7. And um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. And have, you, have you enjoyed Glenavon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been a uh, Glenavon has been again. It's been re- it's been really tough. Um, I signed back last this uh, last December, and then I got a terrible hip flexor injury that I m- my stupidity has decided just to try and play on with, um, and made things worse for myself. Probably made me look like a terrible footballer as well, um, <laughs> because I was I wasn't playing to my, my playing to my best. Lockdown couldn't. Lockdown was brilliant for me. I got really fighting fit. I was flying, absolutely probably the fittest that I've ever ever was. And then did my hamstring. Then it's just the end of pre-season. So really, uh, and I've been trying to play catch up ever since. And at thirty, I'm thirty six this year, like so. It's not. It hasn't been easy. Um, I thought things have changed last night. I was brought on with twenty minutes ago. We were playing. I'll leave you with this. We were playing Carrick United, and we were playing. Uh, we were one all with about when I was brought on with twenty minutes to go. And I was told, right, win us the game. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I've done this before. I can, I can do this. I can do this. Brought on. Went down the wing. Cut inside. Saw a foot. Went over it. Referee pointed to a penalty. I was like, yes. Right, this is it. I have it. What up? Now, I didn't miss the penalty. Somebody else missed it. But oh, I was absolutely... I was like, that could have been my moment. I could have been going in the hero saying, I brought him off the bench. Won the penalty, but no, wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, it's Glenavon are a brilliant club, a really, really good club, um, and have been very, very good to their players over the lockdown. I, I must say, and um, yeah, we're doing well this season. We're seventh. Um, we'd like to be a bit higher up, but we're on a great run at the moment, and uh, hopefully that continues till the end of the season. And do you great think fun. Glenavon will be your last club, Colin? What are you, are you trying to retire me, Graham? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to see. Would you, would you like? Would you welcome a move back to the League of Ireland? 
I'd welcome, <laughs> I welcome any moves anywhere. Um, Lovely. I've, I've, uh, I've plenty of. I, I do believe though that I've plenty of years left in me. Um, Deadly. Whether I, That's whether, what I was getting. At. Yeah, whether, whether managers see that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just wait and see. Lovely. You're a gent. Thanks so much for your time. I enjoyed that. I always enjoy League of Ireland chat. Yeah, no, I really, I can't, I still can't believe that uh, somebody lets you down. You have to call me in. <laughs> <laughs> what are you revealing our secrets for, Lloyd? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was your number one target, and I've let you down for the last year. And you needed to get me on. <laughs> You've just been so demanding with your demands. Was the was the non compete you had from Greatest League in the World? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're a Jen yeah, Conan. Thanks Conan, so much. Thanks right? so much. No, yeah, thank you, man. lads. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Talk to you later. All the best. Oh, great chat with Conan. Great chat. Yeah, I'm absolutely raging now because Conan did great work. Um, he did a run last year, um, around to each stadium in yes. the League of Ireland, and I yeah. forgot to mention it. And also, I'm raging at myself because I was a recipient of another one of his initiatives where he got former. Former current League of Ireland managers, former current League of Ireland players to ring fans to give them a bit of lift during lockdown. And Stephen Bradley rang me when I was like, what the fuck? Are you joking? <laughs> uh, and that was because of Conan's initiative. So I'm, we kind of just ran out of time. I was having Wi-Fi issues as well. And it kind of, kind of, I didn't, I forgot to bring it up. So apologies. And, and they were two great initiatives by Conan. Um, and he raised a lot of money um, for, for the walk that he'd done as well. Yeah, I remember the, the one around the stadiums, all right. And uh, and then obviously you haven't shut up about the time that Shamrock Rovers manager rang you. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. We've fair, got but Bradley Ola. We've got Bradley Ola. Sorry. No, you're grand. You're grand. Uh, you, I mean, celebrate it while you can and all that kind of thing. Um <laughs> But yeah, it is. Look, it's uh, it's always nice when you see uh, you know, somebody who gives not not just gives back to the league or to the fans or whatever, but a much wider piece in society. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the whatever about raising money and everything else, but then doing the bit to kind of give people a little bit of a lift during lockdown, but having ex players and current players and coaches and everything else ring like that's a fucking great little initiative. That is fair play to everyone involved, Absolutely. particularly. Uh, Conan for uh, for organising it all. Um, if you want to follow Conan, he's on Twitter at ConanBornCB7. And he's a teacher and all the. It's not like I mean, actually, now that I think, I'm a little bit disgusted by how nice of a person he is. Because <laughs> he's a teacher. Like he's he's a teacher, right? He's like I mean, even when you ask him about how he's getting on in lockdown, there, he actually had a really positive message rather than having a whinge like I would have done. You know what I mean? Doing all these <laughs> things for charity, and he's setting up phone calls to make people feel better during lockdown. Like, Conan, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You're not just have a moan like the rest of us. Like, come on, Jesus! Now that I think, about it, I'm actually disgusted, quite frankly, by his behaviour, and I wish he'd ever just <laughs> cop on like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great outro, yeah. Danny. Yeah, yeah. No, no, in fairness, so look, he's lo- lovely, lovely bloke. Delighted we got to chat to him, man. Fair play. Um, yeah, look, that's everything from this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, I suppose, Mero, if, uh, if people didn't listen to Luke last week or even the week before that or any of our previous episodes that have preceded this over the five years now, six, six, six years, six in June. Jesus Christ, that's not good, is it? 
Anyway, if people want to listen to those, to those other episodes, where can they do so? They can search WTS Pod on any podcast provider, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, anywhere and everywhere you can get a podcast. You can go to WTSPod.com as well. Um, also, you can check us out on Twitter at WTS Pod. He's at Dan Joe Murray on all the social medias. I'm at Merrigamania. And until next week, clear eyes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I have a bone to pick, actually. When we are talking about predictions for the league, why didn't you ask me my prediction? I just thought it was one of your questions, sorry. Would you like to my predictions? Yeah, go on. Obviously, Bowers are going to do the double this year, right? Rovers yeah. are going to get relegated. And, and I'm going to say Galway are going to get promoted. I like the fact they've gone full-time, but I'm looking forward to Shamrock Rovers in the first division next season better chance of me walking up the climbing hill <laughs> search on, WTS pod on all podcast providers until next week clear eyes full hearts can't lose too sweet too sweet